Well, today, as we start this brand new series, Dots, I have to tell you about the series of events that led to the maintenance guy of my very first apartment standing in my kitchen telling me, you know, you really shouldn't put chicken bones down your garbage disposal, and me saying, yeah, you're, you're right. The year was 2008, and I had moved to the thriving metropolis of Alamogordo, New Mexico in December of 2007, and it was my first time living uh, truly alone, like apartment all to myself alone, and, and that really doesn't have anything to do with anything other than to set a little bit of context. One of the things you need to know about me is that I love I love making pizza, okay? And I love making pizza from scratch. Like, make the dough, cook up some good Italian sausage. Someday I'm gonna learn how to make marinara from scratch. Anyway, so it's it's January of 2008, and for the first time since I had moved to Alamogordo, I had a day off and I decided to enjoy the day off by making myself a pizza for the first time in my new apartment. So I went to Walmart because that's what you do when you live in Alamogordo. I, I went and bought everything that I needed to make my favorite pizza, Italian sausage, green olives, and a heaping mound of cheese because I'm from Wisconsin and that is Wisconsin style pizza, just a mound of cheese. So I get everything home, I cook up my Italian sausage, I mix up and knead my dough for the crust, and I was ready to put everything together and get it in the oven. And I turned the oven on to preheat and I went to grab a pizza pan from the from the pan cabinet and that's when things went off the rails. You guys, I didn't have a single pan that could work as a pizza pan. And if you ever have a moment like this, what, what you know is the frustration of you already went to the store to make pizza and you just wanna make pizza. And so you may think the thought that I thought, I just went to Walmart, I'm not going back. And so that's exactly what I thought. And I started looking around for something, anything to use to cook this pizza. And then I saw it. I saw a big, thick cutting board. Not a wood cutting board, but a really hard plastic cutting board. And I thought, that'll do. So I grabbed, again, I was 24 years old. This is my first time living on my own. My mom probably should have taught me something along the lines of, hey, don't put plastic in an oven. But I grabbed it and I put my pizza together on it and I put it in the oven to cook at 425 degrees for 18 minutes. I set the timer and I was ready to go. Now, before I go any further, does anyone see a problem here? Does anyone see a problem here? The problem that I had is I didn't see a problem with any of that. I didn't see a problem with anything there. So I go sit in the living room, excited to eat my delicious pizza in about 18 minutes. And after five minutes, I see smoke coming around the corner from the kitchen. And I got concerned. I was wondering why, is, what, what's, what's burning? So I went to check in what was causing the smoke, smoke all throughout the kitchen. Friends, to my amazement, the entire plastic cutting board had melted and was dripping in between the oven racks and burning on the bottom of the oven. That's what was causing all the smoke. The pizza was doing fine. The cutting board, not so much. Now, you might think that that's, that makes me an idiot, and I agree with you, but that is only part of what makes me an idiot. See, when I saw that melting plastic dripping, my first thought was, catch it. So I put my bare hand in there to catch melting, dripping plastic, burned my hand real good. And so then I grabbed a stone plate to make to catch the dripping plastic, caught all the dripping plastic I could, grabbed a metal spatula because I had learned my lesson that, you know, sometimes melting plastic melts other plastic, scraped all of the melted plastic, and then I poured that hot, melty, dripping plastic down my garbage disposal. <laughs> like, like this was not a real good decision. This is a bad day. But let me tell you what. After all of that stuff had dripped off, I realized, hey, I don't actually need a pizza pan. The, the crust kind of cooked a little bit. It can just cook on the rest of the oven. I cooked the rest of my pizza in that oven 
sat down and 15 minutes later i ate my pizza and it was okay it, it, it was a good first attempt and so here's what happens about a month later my garbage disposal mysteriously wasn't working very well so i called the landlord they sent the maintenance guy to come out he opened the thing up and pulled out these hard chunks and told me hey you really shouldn't be putting chicken bones down your disposal. That's what has this all messed up. And I responded, yeah, you're, you're right. Because I thought him believing that was the whole story was way less embarrassing than if he knew the real story. I didn't want him to, I, I was like, you believe that I put chicken bones down there? That's so much better than you knowing what actually happened here. And, th and that, my friends, is what you call an unwise series of decisions. And with that, we kick off a series about making better and wiser decisions and better and wiser choices. See, here's the truth. Every single one of us we have made an unwise decision. Like every single one of us knows the pain that can come with making an unwise choice. And some of us, we made unwise choices that we didn't really know were unwise. Like I, I somehow I didn't know that you don't put a plastic cutting board in an oven. Somehow I didn't know that. I, sh I, pr I should have known that. I like, I'm going to make sure my girls know that as they learn to cook. But if we're being really honest, most of us have also made some unwise choices that we did realize in the moment, just how unwise it truly was. Like, let me just talk about some unwise choices you may have made or some some unchoice, unwise choices someone in your life may have, made, may have made. Maybe relationally, you made an unwise choice where there were all of those red flags, but your feelings were bigger than the red flags. And so you, so you just kind of, you're like, well, I see the red flags. I see everything telling me I should stop, but I kind of want to keep going anywhere. My feelings are bigger than the red flags, so I'm going to keep going. Maybe when it come, came to some sort of friendship, everyone told you they had an impulsive streak, but you found them so exciting that, that the excitement was bigger than, than, the, than, the, than the red flag of that impulsive streak. And everyone told you, and everyone told you, and everyone told you it was dangerous and that maybe they were dangerous, but you just kind of thought, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep going with it. Maybe it was financially. Someone talked you into that investment and you lost big time. Or you bought a house at the top of the market and then the market kind of tanked and you were sitting on a house that you couldn't sell when you wanted to sell it. Educationally, maybe you said school was important, but you got significantly sidetracked with other things. Maybe it was a relationship. Maybe it was just a show you got really into. Maybe it was social media you got really into and your education suffered significantly because of the choices you made. Um, regarding some of the things around your education, regarding things that you got distracted by. Maybe it was your calendar. You, you filled your calendar so full with activity that there wasn't time for your family or for spiritual habits that would grow your faith. Maybe it was when, with your words. Maybe you said something that you wished you could take back. I, all of us, duh. Like that's, that's every single one of us. You said something that you wished you could take back or you said something that was true, but the tone of it made things actually worse than if you just hadn't said anything. Nothing got better. The relationship actually got worse because you spoke up and the tone that you used as you spoke up was not beneficial. And here's what you know and here's what I know. Sometimes those decisions are small and they don't really hurt that bad. Like Putting a, pa a plastic pizza, you know, a plastic cutting board in the oven to cook a pizza on, like it was dumb, but it didn't really cost me anything. Sometimes those decisions are small and they don't hurt that bad. Sometimes those decisions seem small and they turn out to lead to bigger things and bigger hurt. Like sometimes it's just a single date and a funny story to tell about that creepy guy or that awkward girl. Other times it's a relationship that ends up becoming abusive or controlling or manipulative, right? Like, like sometimes it seems small and so, sometimes it is small and the hurt is small. And sometimes the pain becomes very real because of a single decision or a series of decisions. Sometimes it's spending $50 on something unnecessary. And other times it's un investing your life savings and getting scammed out of all of your money. 
Sometimes it's something silly like spending a weekend binge watching a season of a whole show on Netflix. And sometimes it's having such a full calendar that you look back at the end of a year and know you did a lot but have nothing significant to show for it. Like sometimes it's a silly story about an apartment getting smoky while you're cooking pizza and it could have been a and it, and it, what it could have been was a new pastor in town getting kicked out of your apartment complex because you burned the whole thing down. Like sometimes it's hanging out with the impulsive person and everyone loses track of time and you end up late for work and other times it's getting in the car driven by the impulsive person who wouldn't give up the keys after they had too much to drink. See here's here's the here's the truth about our unwise decisions. We never know what it will cost when we are unwise. You, you and I, we never really know what it will cost anytime we are unwise or anytime we make an unwise decision. We never know what it will cost when we are unwise. It might be something small. It might be something huge. It might be something, tiny little bit of pain. It might be a world of hurt. But being unwise always has a cost. And, 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 and here's the, the, the unfortunate truth, and, and, and just to, to flesh this out and make sure we're really aware of what we're talking about here, when we talk about a cost to our, our lack of wisdom, when we talk about a cost of our foolishness, when we talk about a, a cost of our unwise decisions, the cost, there's two things you need to know about the cost. The cost is always bigger than you expect. The cost is always bigger than you expect. And the cost is always broader than you imagine. The cost is always bigger than you expect. There's always a bigger, a bigger cost of time, always a bigger inconvenience, always a bigger pain quotient, always a bigger, um, th this affected me in a way that I, that I didn't think it would affect me. Always, it costs you more time. It costs you more relationship. It costs you more money. There's always, the cost is always bigger than you expect when you are unwise. And the cost is always broader than you anticipate, meaning, it affects more than just you. You think your unwisdom is just, your unwiseness is just going to affect you, but I promise you, when every time we're unwise, it affects more than you. It affects those who are closest to you more than you ever think. It, it affects those who are closest to you that you love the most, but you think it's not gonna ever affect them. I promise you, it affects them. And so for all of those reasons, early in the new year, it's worth asking the question and digging deep into the answer how do I make wiser decisions this year? Or, or just it, to put it really simply, whether it's a new year or not, whether you're watching in January or you're catching up sometime in July, how do I make wiser decisions, period? And many of the answers to that question are found in the Old Testament book of Proverbs, but they're, they're not specific to this year. They're not specific to just your life. They're just plain wisdom for all time. See, most of Proverbs was written by a king named Solomon. And Solomon became king as a young man after his father David, maybe you've heard of him, after his father David had reigned for 40 years and established Israel as a legitimate kingdom and a regional superpower. And, and Solomon was not first in line to the throne, but David chose him as his successor and Solomon found himself with big shoes to fill with little life experience to lean on and almost no training to groom him as a king in waiting. And he just became the king. Okay, and so, so he's nervous and God, God comes to him in a dream and says, ask of me whatever you want and I'll give it to you. Like, can you imagine if God came to you and made you that offer? Ask of me anything that you want and I'll just give it to you. And, and in the middle of that moment, Solomon 
I mean, Solomon already had some wisdom going for him just to ask, just to answer the question the way he answered the question. But Solomon asks for a wise and discerning heart to govern well. And God promises him that he will answer Solomon's prayer and fill Solomon with so much wisdom that he'll go down in history as the wisest person to ever live. And it's that wisdom that turned into a few of the Psalms, almost the whole book of Proverbs, the book of Ecclesiastes, which only makes sense after you've turned 40, and Song of Solomon, which you really shouldn't read until you're married. And so this entire series, we're going to spend time in Proverbs looking at what Solomon wrote about choosing wisely and making decisions rooted in godly wisdom. So here's the foundation verse for this series. What, 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 pro, what, what, what Solomon wrote about knowing what wise people do, here's what Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 12. He said, a prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Now I'm going to read that one more time, then we're going to start to unpack it. A prudent person foresees danger. They look ahead and they see danger. And because they see danger, they take precautions. And he says, in contrast, the simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Now, I've taught this verse a number of times over the years as, as a youth pastor and here at Movement. And some of you over the years, as, as we've taught it, I've even had you memorize a different translation of this verse that, that the prudent sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple keeps going and suffers for it. That to Solomon, prudent, the difference between being prudent or wise or being foolish or simple is not, it is, has everything to do with what we do when we look ahead and we see what we see and we understand what we understand and what we do with what we see and we understand that to Solomon, prudent was a synonym for wise people. The prudent was a, was, was a person who was wise. And simple is another word that he uses for foolish. So what's interesting about this verse is that Solomon says the difference between wise and foolish people is not in what people see when they look ahead. It's not that wise people see things that foolish people just don't see. Both the wise and the unwise, they see danger. He says the prudent looks ahead and they see danger. And the foolish person they also look ahead and they see danger. Both the wise and the, un the unwise see danger. The wise person sees danger and they find refuge or they take precautions. In other words, they act as if what they see and what they will experience are connected. On the other side of the equation, Solomon writes that foolish people, they see the same thing. And then this word choice is so interesting. He says they go blindly on. In other words, it's not that they don't see. It's that they choose not to see what they see. They see and then they close their eyes to what they've seen. So they can continue in the direction that they have already chosen. In other words, Foolish people, they act as if what they see and what they will experience are completely isolated, separate, non-connected things. And Solomon warns, because of this, because of the way they view the world, because of the, the way they choose to act as if what they see and what they'll experience aren't connected, they will suffer for it or they will suffer the consequences. See, what happens so often in, in, in our thinking, we treat life's dots as either isolated 
or connected. This is what Solomon is saying, that there's, there's wise people and there's foolish people. And some people, they see the world as completely isolated events and all of the dots of life are isolated. And some people understand that all of life's dots and so many of life's dots, and maybe not all of them, and maybe not, they're not all connected to, to each other, but certainly this one connects to that one and this one connects to that one. And eventually I'll experience this because of what I chose back here. That, that, that some people understand that life's dots are truly connected that if we and we have to understand what happens here. if if dots are isolated if life if life's dots are isolated what i do now isn't that big of a deal because i can always make up for it later i can always do something different later i can always experience something different later that in the future my like if, if what i do now it really isn't that big of a deal because it's not connected to anything what what i choose now has no connection to anything that i'll experience later and if, and if it's isolated, what I do now doesn't matter because my actions certainly aren't building anything. Okay, like if, if we treat our, the life's dots as if the dots are isolated, what I do now, it's not a big deal. What I choose now has no connection to anything I experience later. And what I do now doesn't matter because my actions certainly aren't building anything. But if dots are connected, if the dots of life are connected, what I do now, it matters. It matters because... Who, what I choose now builds the character that I experience that I that I have later. If what I do now matters because I will experience something in the future because of what I choose now. What I do now determines what I'll experience later. That if I want to experience something later, I, it actually matters what I choose now because what I choose now it 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 it, it determines what I experience later. It determines who I'll be later, okay? What I choose now, it actually builds something across the course of my life that I'm not just connecting dots for the sake of connecting dots. I know, I'm, I'm, I'm connecting dots because I know as I connect the dots, it's building the life that I live. And here's the thing, here's the rub with this. Most of us would acknowledge that life's dots are connected because like, as, as you hear me go, like if this is, if, 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 if life's dots are isolated, Here's what's true. You're like, oh, that's not true. I like, I know life's dots are connected. We we acknowledge that life's dots are connected. The unfortunate truth is that most of us act as if life's dots are isolated. We we willingly acknowledge that life's dots are connected, but we act as if life's dots are isolated. And here's the thing as we begin this series and as we kick off this idea of dots, what we need to understand and put into practice is that wise people understand and act like life's dots are connected. Wise people, you're like, this sounds so basic. I understand this is, this is, this is a beginning point. Light, wait, wise people, what wise people do is that wise people, they understand, they acknowledge that life's dots are connected. And then they actually act on that awareness. They act on that understanding that like, they, they, they understand that life's dots are connected. And then they live their life and they make their choices and they make their decisions as if the choices that they're making now actually connect to something bigger in the future, actually connect to the life that they will live in the future. See, wise people don't just see, although seeing the, con the connections in life, it's, it's important. Like they don't just acknowledge that things are connected. They see the connections of life, of who they are now and what they'll be tomorrow. Wise people see the connection and then they make decisions as if the dots are actually connected. Wise people see the connection between today 
and tomorrow, and they make today choices that build the tomorrow they want to experience. That's what wise people do. Wise people see the connection between direction and destination and choose to change their direction if they don't like where they're heading. Wise people see the connection between community and growth and decide that if they want to grow, they need to connect in community. Wise people understand and act as if life's dots are connected, not isolated. And as a result, they build lives that look and feel impossible and unattainable to unwise people because, their li- because our lives are marked by their willingness to live like life is connected. And, 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 and today, what I know you might be thinking is like, well, duh. Like, I understand that life's dots are connected. Like, like I understand. But here's the thing. The challenge that we all have is, again, most of us acknowledge that life's dots are connected. Very few of us actually live and make our decisions and make our choices and make everyday decisions as if it's actually connected to something bigger and something down the road and the life that we're ultimately attempting to build. And so what we're going to do in the course of this series, and what I'm going to begin doing today, as, as we talk about the idea of dots being connected and not isolated, what I want to do each week of this series, each week of this series is going to close by me connecting some dots for you that maybe, just maybe, you haven't connected for you. Or maybe some dots that you haven't really thought about a whole lot, but they're connected in ways that, that you are unaware of and because you're unaware of them or because you're not actually working in a way and, and making decisions in a way as, as that, that acknowledges the connection, your life is being affected and the life that you're building, maybe the family that you're building, maybe the financial future that you're building, it's being affected because of some things that you are unaware of the, 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 the connection between the dots. Or maybe you're aware of it, but you don't know how the dots that you're experiencing are connected to the lives that the life that you someday want to lead and the family that you someday want to have and the financial picture that you someday want to have. And so as we close out today, I want to connect the dots on a few things that maybe have been a little unconnected for you or a little isolated for you, or you, you think this is isolated from that and there's no connection, but you need to start living as if this and that are actually connected. So I'm going to give you some things that I, I, are, are some dots that I hope that you would make the decision to live as if these are connected because reality is they are. So the first one is simply this, that you probably can't do whatever you want and end up with the life that you want. You, you, you probably can't, again, I mean, I think maybe someone, somewhere, something, so I'm, I'm not going to say you never can, but it's, it's highly likely that you, living in Las Cruces in 2024, you are not a person who can do whatever you want to do and end up with the life that you want to, want to live. Because I know the life that you want to live, it, it has some things that are true about it. And a person who just does whatever they want any moment of the day, who lives however they want, who lives impulsively, who lives for the feeling of the moment, who follows their emotions wherever their emotions take them, who makes the decisions in a moment without ever thinking about that. Like if you live as if you just are going to do whatever you want and hope that life just figures itself out and that someday you get to live the life that you want while never actually making an intentional decision to give up something that you want today for the benefit of the life that you want someday down the road, I'm just telling you, it's, a, it, it's, it's incredibly unlikely that you can do whatever you want and end up with the life that you want. 
That's the first dot that I want to connect you. And some of you are like, oh my gosh, like you just described my, my life and, and why I haven't been able to build the life that I want because I so often I'm just giving into my emotions and my feelings and my, my, my anger sometimes and, 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 and my impulsiveness. And I just want, I want to spend on this and spend on this and spend on this. And I, and, and, and I wonder why I don't have the savings that I want. It's because you probably can't, you, you can't do whatever you want and end up with the life that you want. The second dot is simply this, that you probably can't always be right and build relationships the way you want relationships to be. You, you, you can't always be right. You can't always fight to be right and build relationship. This, this is something that I've, I've struggled with for years and years and years. And I'm working hard to get there. Like I, I have a high uh, importance on being right. And, and in so much of my life, like I believe that I'm right. And I want to convince other people that I'm right. And I want to convince my wife and my kids. I want, I want them to all acknowledge my rightness. And at the end of the day, what, what I'm coming to realize, and, I, and I'm trying to grow in this area, is that there are times where I can be right in a way that destroys relationship. I can be right and be such a smart aleck that I, that I, that I, that I end up destroying the feelings of someone that I care about. And so what I want you to know is you, you can fight to be right or you can fight for relationships, but it's very rare that you can do both at the same time. And, it, and here's the, I, like, I, it's important to be right. It's important to be on the right side of things. It's important to be right. It's important to know the events the way they happen. It's important to, to, to know grammar. It's important to, to be able to speak correctly. It's important to do a lot. Like, it's important to tell the story the right way. It's important to have all, like, it's important to be right. I'm telling you, the relationships that matter most to you they matter more than you being right. And so you probably can't always be right and always be right and end up building the relationships, especially the most important relationships in life, the way that you want them to be. You can't always be right and build the relationship that you want to build. The third dot that I want to connect for you is if you don't choose an intentional life, you will end up with an accidental life. This probably connects back to that first one, but if you don't choose an intentional life, you will end up with an accidental life. That if everything is an accident, if everything is an accident, if everything is just moment and by moment, by moment, by moment, this doesn't care. Like what you will do is you will still build a life. Like you just will end up with the life that you built accidentally with no intentionality. You'll, you'll end up with, an, with a savings account that looks like it was built by accident. You'll end up with a family that looks like it was built by accident. You'll end up with a future, with, with a marriage that looks like it wasn't built with intentionality, but it was built accidentally because it wasn't really being, it was being built, but it wasn't being built by brick by brick by brick by brick. It was built by wrapper, this, th like it was built in a whole bunch of different directions. If, if you don't choose an intentional life, you will end up with an accidental life. Students, college students out there, if, if you don't choose to be intentional with your time, intentional about your studies, you may graduate with a degree and you, because C's get degrees, but you will not have learned what you needed to learn to go into the career that you want to, to want to go in. You, you will not have the skills to actually go do the job that you actually went to school so that you could do. Like, like if you don't choose an intentional life, and if you don't choose what in, intentionally what matters most and set priorities and, and, and make your priorities a priority on your schedule, I'm just telling you, if you don't choose an intentional life, you will end up with an accidental life. You will build an accidental life and it'll look like a Frankenstein's mom 
monster apart by part by part. And it doesn't really make any sense, but it doesn't make any sense because you didn't give it any intentionality along the way of life. Let me give you the fourth one. You can't leave problems unresolved and hope they stop being problems. So you get like so many of us, the way we live is if we can, we can, well, we can just ignore that problem and it'll just go away. Let me ask you this question. How many problems in life have actually gone away by ignoring them? Now you're like, well, it, 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 it went away in that I wasn't thinking about it all the time. It went away in that I, it wasn't my main focus. Okay, was it still a problem? It was still a problem. Because you can't leave problems unresolved and they stop being problems. Those problems will be problems until you resolve them. If it's a problem at work, that problem at work will linger. It may be brushed under a rug. It may be swept under, under, under a rug. It may be pushed into a corner. It may be pushed into a closet and the light turned off and you locked the closet. But that, but that problem is waiting for you the moment you open that closet, the moment you move the rug, the moment someone needs that corner, that problem is still there because you didn't resolve it. Now, I understand there's times in life where it's, where it's not appropriate to confront that problem. You don't have the, the time or the energy or the, the resources to actually address the problem. But you, what you need to understand is the problem stays a problem until you deal with the problem. Until you resolve the problem, the problem will always be a problem. And I just said the word problem so many times that it needs to stick in your head. Until you resolve the problem, the problem will be a problem. Let me give you the fifth dot. You can't have unresolved conflict in your family and end up with the family that you want. Matter of fact, just, just for some of you, the reason every time you get together at holidays and at Thanksgiving and at Christmas and at you know, Easter and whatever, whatever 4th of July, every time you get together with your family, the reason there's this tension that always seems to bubble up is because there's a whole bunch of unresolved conflict that has a bunch of conflict that has never been resolved. And because it's never been resolved, it keeps bubbling up. This kind of is, goes back to that same thing as the last time. Until you resolve that conflict, until you have those conversations, until you move past anger by forgiveness, until, until things that have not been discussed actually get discussed, and until you actually reveal the way that this hurt me was blah, 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 blah. And I want to let you know I've forgiven you for it, but I also need you to know in the future, I would appreciate it if you didn't do this. The way you talked to my children, the way you talked to me in front of my children, the way you talked about my wife in front of me, like you just, it, if, if you have unresolved conflict in your family, I'm just telling you, you don't end up with the family that you want while leaving conflict unresolved. The family that you want is the family that has addressed everything cleared the air on everything, has found forgiveness, has moved past anger towards each other, has moved past bitterness towards each other, and has moved towards a place of peace with each other because we actually resolved the conflict. Let me give you another one. You can't entertain yourself with everything you want and end up with the inner life you want. I mean, so, so many of us, and I think this is something that as, as we've, over the years, we've fought away from religiosity and we fought away from legalism we've gotten so open and accepting of any and every type of entertainment over the years like we've we've you know like as as a as a as the church as religious people we've loosened the reins so much on we've made a free game of like well you know like you you do you you entertain like you you don't let anyone else tell you what you should entertain yourself with but i'm going to tell you this 
You can't entertain yourself with everything that you want. You can't listen to everything that has a catchy beat. You can't watch everything that's that's emotionally appealing. You can't spend all the time you want on your phone entertaining yourself with Instagram reels and, and, and end up with the inner life that you want because what I know and what you know, if you really admit it deep down, the things that you watch affect what you think. And the things that you listen to affect you emotionally. And the things that you entertain yourself with on Instagram and on TikTok, like they affect the way that you think and the way that you feel about the world around you. And if you're not discriminating a little bit and leaving some things on the table, like, you know what, that might be entertaining, but I realize it's not good for my heart. That might, be, uh, that might have a really catchy beat, and man, I, I find that so, so, so interesting, but I know what it does to my spirit. And yeah, man, it, 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 is, it is easy to waste 30 minutes you know, on Instagram reels and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and get on TikTok and go, wow, oh, I, got, I, I caught that next video, next video, and the next video, and the next video. I'm just telling you, what you know is you can't entertain yourself with everything that you want to entertain yourself with and end up with the inner life and the thoughts that you want and the emotional state that you want because it all affects it. What you entertain yourself with affects your inner world. And if you want the inner world that you want where there's peace and there's joy and there's contentment and there's gratitude, I'm just telling you, you can't entertain yourself with the things of this world that are not content, that have no gratitude, that have no peace and have no joy. And let me give you one more. You can't live a distracted life and end up with a deep life. You can't live a distracted life and make distracted decisions and end up with a deep life. See, one of the things that we were talking about in our small group this last, this last semester, this last season, um, was the idea that Jesus has called us to live a deep life. Not, not deep in that, like, oh, there's a whole bunch of things that I don't understand, but deep in that, like, I'm actually intentional. And, and I take my time with what needs to take time. And I, and, I, and I actually go deep into the things of my heart and deep into the things of my mind. And I spend time thinking about these things and meditating on the word of God to let God's word go deep in my heart. And I memorize, like, that, that's what a deep life looks like. We're, we're a deep, where I live a deep love, where I'm willing to love beyond the surface, but love in deep ways. I, that all of us, I think there's something in of us that feels like we were and knows we were made for a deep life. But you don't get a deep life while living a distracted life. It could say this this way. You can't live a shallow life and end up with a deep life. You can't keep making shallow surface decisions. And you can't act like the decisions are, are, are only about what's on the surface or only what's about right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. And end up with a life that thinks about what matters for eternity. You just can't do it. And to connect that dot for you, some of you, you're making surface, 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 shallow, 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 distracted, distracted, what's over there? Decisions, hoping that you will somehow magically end up with a deep life that cares about the things of God and the things that matter for eternity. And you cannot get there from here. You cannot get a deep life from, from distracted, shallow surface decisions. And so here's the thing. That, that, that all might sound a little bit judgmental. That's not judgmental. That's what wise people understand. And it's more than that. It's what wise people do. They make decisions that acknowledge the truth that life is connected. And then they actually act and make decisions as if they're building the life that they 
want, as if their decisions matter in building the life that they want to build, in experiencing what they want to experience in the future. Wise people, and I hope you will be one of them with me, and I hope that I'll be one of them, and I hope you'll be one of them with me, that makes the decision, that the first decision, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek God for wisdom. But where God has already revealed wisdom, that life is connected, that life's dots are connected, that we will wake up to the reality and see what's coming down the road and see what lies ahead of us. And when we see danger, we'll make the decision that we're going to course correct and we'll make better decisions because we'll make the decisions knowing and acknowledging that life is connected. And I hope you'll join us for the next few weeks because we're going to unpack a lot more dots that connect to help us understand how to be people living out of God's wisdom and building the lives that God has for us. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. Thank you for your wisdom. And God, thank you that we get the opportunity to know your wisdom and to, and to, to understand your wisdom to read your wisdom. And God, that even more than that, we get the opportunity to practice it and to apply it in our own lives so that we can be people who are wise living in the world that you've created for us. And so God, help us today to be wise. God, the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to just simply ask that you would give every single one of us wisdom, that you'd fill us with wisdom, that you'd help us to be men and women of wisdom as we live in your world. And God, I pray, as, 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 we, as we've talked about today, God, help us to understand the connections between the dots of our lives. God, that if, if, if it's true that our lives really are far more connected than we realize, help us to see the way our lives are connected, the way the dots of life connect. Help us to see the connection, but God, even more than that, help us to see it before we make the decisions and to make our decisions as if life actually is connected. And today actually does connect to tomorrow. And what we're choosing now actually does connect to what we'll experience tomorrow. Help us to make our decisions with your wisdom, with the wisdom that life's dots are connected. And God, as we do that, would you help us to be people whose lives are marked by wisdom, are known by wisdom, and known by what you have for us, and build lives that honor you because we follow your wisdom in your world. God, help us to do that. Help us to honor you with everything that we've got. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Well, hello and welcome to Movement Church Online. I'm Chris. I'm the lead pastor here at Movement. I'm coming to you for the very first time from our brand new Movement Church Online studio. Thank you so much for your generosity that helps us build places like this, that help us do great ministry and create great experiences online for you. If you've given to our church in the, la in the last year, you helped to create this space. And so thank you so much for helping us create this space where we can do church online every single week from and do it in a way that creates a great experience for you. Today, I'm beginning a brand new series called Dots. And man, I'm so excited about this because we're gonna talk about how the dots of life ultimately connect and we're going to pursue God's wisdom to understand how the dots of life connect. And so today's going to be a great day to share this with someone. If you if, if you know some someone who should be watching this, someone who could benefit from this, I want to encourage you to share this with them. Today's also the kickoff of our of our uh, small group se season for the beginning of 2024. So I'm going to have some ways at the end of service for you to connect with that if you're figuring out, trying to figure out how to connect in a group and how to get connected within our church. Uh, I want to encourage you to stick around and make sure you, you hang in into the end of service today so that you know how to connect with that. But today is a great day to, to be a part of this. We're going to get started right away with part one of DOTS. Well, once again, thank you so much for joining in today to Movement Church Online. It's been so fun to be here for the first time in our Movement Church Online studio. Uh, and today I got a few things for you to know as you connect with our church beyond this weekend experience. First of all, I mentioned at the beginning of service that we're going to have some ways for you to connect with small groups. We're at the beginning of our 2024 season one of small groups. And so if you're interested in getting connected in a small group, getting growing with some other people, getting connected and finding community, I think this is the best time for you to join in with that because groups are forming over the next few weeks. So we've got all of our groups listed online and in the chat, in the uh, description of this video, there's a link that you can click to head to our, our website and sign up to join a group. And then we'll get the information to your group leader so that you can get connected and growing in a group this season right at the beginning of 2024. Second thing we wanted to let you know is we want you, want you to know the ways that you can give. Uh, and if you want to know, how, if, you, if, if you're a giver, thank you so much for your generosity. If you want to take the first step of being a giver, the ways you can do so are all listed on screen right now, whether it's online, whether it's through our text giving service, through our cash app, or through our, our, our mail, uh, our, our PO box. We want to thank you so much for your generosity, your faithfulness to God, which empowers us and enables our church to be ready and equipped to say yes to whatever it is that God calls us to do at any moment to be the church God's called us to be and to do whatever God has called us to do. To do. So thank you so much for your generosity. And then finally, we wanted to let you know if you have a need, we would love to hear from you so we know how we can be the church for you in your time of need. So if there's any need that you have, we would love to hear from you by Facebook, by phone, or by email. If there's a way we can be the church for you, we want to be the church for you in your time of need. And that's all I've got for you today. I look forward to seeing you next week, either online or in person for part two of DOTS. And until then, I hope you have a great week and keep being the movement.